This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Jordan dives into the minds of fascinating people, from athletes, authors, and scientists to mobsters, spies, and hostage negotiators, all with the noble cause to make you a more informed, critical thinker to operate better in today's world. Jordan's also got a fun weekly segment, Feedback Friday, where he covers advice on everything from escaping a cult or psycho family situations to relationships and networking to even just asking for a raise. Point blank, Jordan Harbinger is smart, funny, and easy to listen to. You'll be pressed to find an episode without excellent conversation, a few laughs, and actionable advice that can directly improve your life. You can't go wrong with adding The Jordan Harbinger Show to your rotation. It's incredibly interesting. There's never a dull show. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. On their way to the bastion of failure, Quinny was sucked into Baba Yaga's hut through a tree. Reginald was unsurprised when Baba Yaga wanted to make a new deal and accepted a partnership readily, while Quinny specified some terms to make sure he wasn't being taken advantage of. And Juniper slept through the whole thing. What will happen now that Quinny has returned to the Icewind Dale? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. After your trip to Baba Yaga's chicken house, you've returned to your watch, Quinny. Um, uh, you have first watch as the, the party uh, sleeps. Uh, I'm going to need from you, please, a perception check. Where um, is, is it? There's, is, there, <laughs> is there something in the dark? Is there something watching us? That depends on how the dice roll, my friends. I failed my <laughs> perception check for finding my perception modifier. Uh, it's 19 <laughs> is the total. 19. Okay. After I scrolled past it twice. All right. So with a 19, um, Quinny, the, uh, the night passes, uh, or your watch at least, passes relatively uh, uneventfully. Um, aside from uh, at one point uh, during the night, um, you think you can hear uh, kind of in the distance um, the the beating of heavy wings. Um, you're not quite sure what kind of creatures live up around here. Um, you're very kind of like pleasantly surprised to find that there's, you know, nothing lurking near the camp. Um, and uh, the night is actually remarkably quiet. It would seem that um, whatever creatures came through here, the, these trolls that Kron was indicating, um, continued on uh, on their way and uh, are, are not sort of out wandering the woods. Um, so, you know, you're, you're actively keeping watch all night or at least during your, your watch, but, um, there, there does not seem to be any clear and present danger that you've, you've ascertained. Okay. Is there anything else you would do during your watch? Do you think, um, just try to keep warm. Um, and, uh, I think every now and again, pat down my pockets just to see if, (laughs) 
if uh, the the necklace shows up. I know I'm supposed to get it the next day, but I think it just it's magic, man. It's weird. So just yeah, like, it's it quarantine. Like, We're all yeah. used to like waiting on a package that's supposed to arrive soon and just yeah. checking the tracking number repeatedly, knowing <laughs> that it's not coming for another few days. Yeah, but um, what I'm supposed to get today is coming Tuesday. <laughs> What I'm supposed to get on Tuesday came today. Yay. Yay. It's a gift of the Magi where I won and you you did not. But I hope it's fun. I hope whatever you're getting is cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, no no tooth yet. Much like Ryan's package, it has not yet arrived. Um, but, um, yeah, um, in terms of staying warm, can you roll me a survival, please, with advantage because of your, your fur-lined gear? Wow. Oh, rolls. Each time I've done survival so far in this game uh plus zero so eight eight um all right so you're you're cold um you don't uh if you'd kind of warmed up a bit uh, i was gonna let you recover some free hp from your your previous chilliness um but unfortunately you've, you've kind of hit that point of, of coldness also i think because you didn't you, you like added linings to things but didn't like fully winterize um you're unfortunately at that point that i was after walking the dog yesterday where you just like your whole body is cold um <laughs> and like it's kind of like a shower or heavy blankets is kind of what you need to i guess in in dnd more likely be like a, a claw to a uh, claw footed bathtub bath <laughs> kind of situation to warm back up um so unfortunately uh, yeah your your damage remains um you can spend uh hit dice if you want to get your five back but i feel like that's that's up to you um, but otherwise, yeah, the uh, the night passes uh, for you uneventfully. Um, who do you think would be on second watch? Butthole, I think, because he was ready for his next sure. turn. So, yeah. Mm, yes. Um, so um, when uh, when your watch is complete, uh, you go and, and wake up uh, Butthole. Um, butthole, uh, how do you prepare for a watch? It's been um, a while, so I'm curious kind of where, where the characters are in their, like, what does an evening watch look like from, I think the last time we did this was, like, the second arc with um, uh, Jamie O'Connor and uh, Jakob Goodpark. It's been a while since we set a watch. Yeah, I think uh, Butthole will probably be circling the camp from like a ways out. Like he's probably not as like sit still and be a quiet hunter. That's not his his way of living in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think he'd be circling the camp. He'd be keeping an eye out. He'd also be kind of, I think, praying to, like, help keep him focused more so as, like, you know, a kind of, like, low-level, almost meditation kind of focusing on the environment, which has the practical effect of casting guidance on himself as a cantrip at all times. Uh, and he'd be taking Goblin Jr. kind of with him. So I feel like he's probably circling the camp on one side and Goblin Jr. on the other, so that there's, like, kind of 180 degrees of coverage. As things sure. Are yeah, yeah, that, that tracks. Um, as uh, the night progresses, um, you you wear kind of a, a, a nice little trench in the snow um, where where both you and, and Goblin Junior have been. Um, every so often, um, you you find little gifts he's left. So there's like a pine cone, and there's like a particularly good stick, um, nice. and uh, and other such things. Um, but um, I think, uh, butthole, the biggest uh, the biggest thing for you over this this time is having the experience of of uh, having your prayers in some sense almost become a closed circuit rather than before where it kind of felt like they go out into the world and Moonhammer answers them. You're getting those answers and those feelings quickly because it is a closed loop. Now the prayer kind of goes out and comes back through you and is like, Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Um, mechanically, I don't think it feels any different for you. It just, the answers are a bit faster and a bit more certain, but weirdly it's like the version of the religion you always wanted is now just kind of the vibe you're, you're getting. I um, am married to Moonhammer because I am Moonhammer. 
so you can still do snap prayers because um, I want to keep that mechanic. Uh, just be aware that it's it's myself channeling the spirit of the universe, like we did before. Yeah, as yeah, absolutely. To. Yeah, we've weirdly come completely full circle uh, on. He is on his own god. Yeah. Philosophically, it's a nightmare, but other than that, it's delightful. Yeah. And he is not a philosopher. <laughs> Can you roll a perception check for me, bud? Yes. <laughs> that is a 21. 21? Um, all right. So, yeah, the uh, the night passes quietly for you. Um, you know, uh, every so often you stop to kind of hear if Goblin Jr. is, is indicating anything. But generally speaking, it's... Uh, Again, similar to what Quinny found on his watch, um, whatever was here seems to have moved through. Um, so, you know, it's it's cold. Uh, it's a little bit lonely. But um, also after your most recent spat of adventures, there is something nice about just like having your job just be to make sure no one ambushes a camp. It feels very much like your time with Greywater, although you're in obviously different um, environment than than you're used to. Um, there's a there's a, a simplicity to it and and kind of I think um a familiarity to it that is uh that is is comforting and and nice after not existing for a bit it's nice to be kind of back in the saddle doing very human things um by the time you go to wake up juniper the uh, the sun is beginning to rise um both you and Quinny took slightly longer watches than than anticipated but also given how quiet it was there wasn't as much need for like all of us must be fully aware it's like oh okay this is really more of a formality um so uh juniper you take the, the remainder of, of the morning watch but uh, as the the sun begins to rise it's one of those um beautifully cold winter days where mm. you know the, the the sun kind of peaks up through through the trees and um everything's it's, it's, kind of glittering yeah and it's like cold but brisk like it there there's uh you know it's it's a nice because you were able to stay warm all night it's a nice thing to wake up to um, and, um, yeah, with that, you, you pack up, up the camp and, uh, the three of you are, are ready to continue on. Uh, Quiddy, would you fill them in on what happened with Baba Yaga? Yep. Uh, <laughs> packing up camp and, you know, stomping out the flames of the, or the embers of the, the fire and things like that. Uh, Quinny would just mention to, uh, to everyone that, um, so I paid a visit to Baba Yaga last night. She summoned me into her hut. Uh, don't worry. I didn't miss anything out here. Apparently time works differently there. Uh, but she, uh, she offered me a partnership. Ooh, uh, and you didn't take it because you've learned your lesson about making deals with monsters. Well, no, I did take it. Uh, oh, Quinny. <laughs> because, uh, I stipulated that she can't control me. Um, she also made an offer to Reginald uh, Butthole. As your spy master, he will also be providing information to Baba Yaga. It's at his discretion what info he gives her. Uh, and he is quite afraid of you. So if you want to flex on him and say, hey, I know about your thing with Baba Yaga. Don't tell her this, this, and this. That should be something that he'd be keen to adhere to. Okay, He's, got a yeah. book. He's got a book of names that he can provide her with. Uh, which are basically a book of grim victims for her to prey on. Uh, so kind of like a house farch list of enemies is what it could be kind of turned into there. Um, okay, did he write down Grace and Typhus? Because that had really cut a lot of corners for us. I think he wrote the uh, 
the fries. And apparently that it, it doesn't work that way. If they're too powerful or cunning, Baba Yaga can't just swoop in and snatch him up. But if okay, we kill so them, yeah. she'll she'll claim them, which, you know, kind of long term could mean we're facing uh facing down a horde of all our greatest enemies, if it ever comes to comes to that between us and Baba Yaga. Uh. Yeah, I feel like most of those, if they're really powerful or whatever, and I want their soul to go somewhere, it's probably to Moonhammer or whatever this, I don't know, my own butt. I'm not really sure how it works anymore, but I, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. What? Okay. Okay. Well, I was worried about that being a conflict of interest, but it sounds like Reginald's making good choices, and logically I trust him because I already made him my spy master, so I can't oopsies that one too fast. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, Jennifer, you seem conflicted. No, I mean... Well, I mean, it's just like, I just don't like all these like powerful beings that are like, always like step in our path and like trying to do stuff and fix a great collide. And there's just like, well, guess what? What? You're working for one. I just gesture over to Butthole, who is his own avatar. (laughs) Well, you you make a compelling point there, Quinny. My God, am I Baba Butthole? If you want everyone to think that you've got a stutter, yes, you can be Bubba Butthole. Or you could just be Butthole Farch, like you have been this whole time, you know, for consistency and, I don't know, branding. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep track of what these new powers mean, because Moonhammer was like, you're Butthammer now, and then just kind of fucked off immediately. So I don't know all the rules. Well, when has that ever stopped you, you know? Uh but before I knew all the rules. I have something to tell you. Uh, as a as an outsider looking in on that kind of situation, you knew the rules because you just kind of appeared to make them up as you went along or like change the rules to fit whatever your needs were. Yeah, but that's uh, what you said when you said my goddess wasn't real and then Moonhammer was real. So clearly I was right the whole time. Yeah. So I think if you just keep operating that way, that, you know, you're right. I think just speed things along. Oh, quitty. Quinny, Quinny, Quinny. The little guy who doesn't get it. I like you. All right. (laughs) We ready to go? I'm ready to go. I mean, yeah. We don't have any food. Does anybody? (laughs) I didn't take any. Did you guys take some? You gave like all your rations and stuff. Yeah, because they were starving. Yeah, I didn't do that. (laughs) I used to open up my rations and I, (laughs) I eat a delicious meal. Um, okay, well, Chief Privateer Quinny, I got some orders for you. Yeah, or yeah, one yeah, is, here you go. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Nailed it. <laughs> Get some bread and some jerky. Yeah, so you you enjoy a, a small kind of trail meal. Um, yeah. You have, it's it's very much one of those, like, you know, it's like a protein bar you eat on a trail. It's not really, like, you don't feel full or satisfied, but you Aww. do feel fine. Got fuel. Yeah. It's not, it's not Lembus bread? No, nah, man. Oh, you got to earn that Lombus bread. Um, so um, having uh, fueled up a bit and um, sort of uh, killed the fire, uh, you continue your hike north. Um, as uh, as the uh, the incline gets steeper, um, you you kind of uh, can feel that you're you're moving kind of up uh, up a mountain, um, and uh, you continue to move towards the uh, structure you saw in the distance. Um, eventually the, uh, the trees break a bit and, uh, you get your, your first glimpse at the bastion of failure. Uh, it is a, a massive stone keep, um, built, uh, kind of, uh, think like, um, 
a very small scale Gondor. Like it's kind of off the mm. edge of a cliff. Um, or not the sorry, not off the edge of cliff, off uh, built out of the mountain, um, kind of creating an, almost an artificial cliff. Um, you can tell that it's um, uh, a sort of very solid, well constructed uh, space. Uh, you know, it's it's a proper sort of medieval keep. Uh, unfortunately, um, this particular one is encased in ice, um, so it almost looks like the the entire fortress has been frozen. Uh, to the side of uh, the mountain. Um, the sort of gated entryway, um, there's a, a wall um, kind of uh, around it um, that uh, has a large gated entryway that is not iced in. That's just the actual keep itself that's been been fully iced. Um, this is a dumb metaphor, but literally think like Mr. Freeze shot it with his freeze gun in Batman and Robin kind of style. Um, the uh, massive um, iron gate um, or, uh, that's built into the wall uh, stands open. Um, it uh, there's a tree trunk, uh, a standing tree trunk wedged between it and the ground um, that uh, is is kind of uh, propping it up, and you can see um, sort of um, worn and uh, and strained chains um, that uh, seem to almost be at even at distance. You can see that the mechanisms seem to be somewhat damaged, um, as though this has been forced open. Uh, beyond uh, the gate, there's sort of a small courtyard, uh, and then the the iced in palace itself. Uh, from this distance, you can tell that the uh, the front doors, um, the ice around them, has been um, uh, shattered and broken away. Uh, and the the front doors are open. Right, Quinny. Did you get back your invisible ring from Reginald? Uh, no, I left that with him. Well, crap. Okay. Um, are you sneaky enough to be able to scout out to see if we're going to get murdered if we try to go through these openings? Probably. Well, uh, then looking, maybe sneaking. Looking, yeah, looking through the gate there, Tom. Is it just? open ground from uh, from the gate to the front door of the, the castle? Yeah, you can see um, uh, under piles of snow, there's like sheds and, and what looks like it may have been a garden at some point, um, all of which are buried under snow. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty straight shot. Uh, and you can see certainly um, snowed in indentations. So they're like, you know, it's not like fresh footprints, but there's definitely a, yeah. a divot where people recently came through right. this way. Okay. Uh, let's all move up together then. It's open, it's open ground. You know, uh, if, if there's someone to spot us, we're going to get spotted. But let me sneak ahead to the door, uh, you know, hang back maybe like 20, 30 feet, and then I'll see what's up, okay? Okay, so we'll get inside the gate, and then you can go into the building to be sneaky. Yeah. Juniper, does that make sense for you? Yeah, yeah. I mean... I'm kind of, I'm a little bit camouflaged. I mean, like, I'm all in white, so I can just, like, drape my cloak around my chair and, like, wheel up. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, I want you to know, as as a sneaking kind of guy, camouflage works best when you're stationary. Um, when you're moving, it's, you're, I just want, I don't want you having a false sense of security. If you're on the move with camo, you will be spotted still. <laughs> Well, I don't know, because okay. I saw a stage play called Metal Gear Solid, uh, and, and this one guy just put a box over himself, and then nobody could see him, even if the box walks around. Does it not yeah. work like that in real no, life? See, I have tried that. You can't believe everything you see on a stage play, butthole. Um, and I'll, uh, with, with that sage lesson, I'll, uh, I'll move through the gate. I'm gonna, right. Yeah, and I'm just going to hang back and 
put my cloak over me and stay <laughs> you still. You disappear. You're a fucking ghost. Uh, you're, um, yeah. Uh, Butthole, and, now confused, will follow Quinny because he's pretty sure that's what was agreed to. Yeah. Uh, the two of you um, creep up to the uh, the front doors. Quinny, you realize Butthole is trailing you like halfway there. Um, do you try and stop him or are you just... No, nope, that's what I wanted. I wanted them to come up with me because it's wide open ground. Even I can't really make make myself disappear uh, all in black on a, like an open white field of snow. So might as well come along for the extra protection. Yeah, great. Um, you reach the um, the doorway and uh, find that it's been forced, um, mm-hmm. sort of brute, brute force um, bashed in. And uh, inside, you're, you're kind of in a, a small entry hallway. Uh, it's very grand. Uh, it's got suits of armor lined up uh, along two walls. There are massive double doors um, at at the end of this this sort of uh, entry hallway that are closed. Uh, and Quinny, the minute you kind of reach the threshold, uh, you can feel heat emanating from this this room. Um, can you roll me a perception, please? Oh, that's not good. That's a total of seven. Seven. Um, yeah, uh, this room seems uh, remarkably warm. Okay. Uh, I think feeling the warm air kind of coming through the doorway, I'll turn back to butthole and I'll uh, say like, it's warm inside. Come on. And I'll, I'll just, I'll like go in. I'll, I'll sure. get just a second. Door. I've got a call for Juniper uh, and he'll turn back. And I feel like Juniper would probably expect bird sounds or something like that to summon her, but butthole can't make those. So instead he does bird sounds with farts. So she just hears like, burp, 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 burp. <laughs> it's, it's all just farts. Uh, and Goblin Jr. just immediately trots up, knowing exactly what you meant. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the U.S., were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. Hello, friends. Ryan here for another ad. But this ad includes how you don't have to hear me do ads anymore. That's right. If you join the Dumb Dumbs and Dice Patreon, you can get an ad-free feed to this show for just $5 a month. And that's not all you get. You also get an ad-free feed for Warhammer 40K, The Valentine Heresy, another one of our podcasts. 
Plus, you get weekly video tableside chats. So you know what's going on with the company, what's going on with us. Plus, you get access at that same tier to our fan and patron-only Discord. It's exclusive. You get access to all of us. Our casts are there. Our creative teams are there. A bunch of other fans are there. This is a great opportunity for you to escape ads, get more of the stuff you want, less of the stuff you don't. Patreon.com slash dice. That's patreon.com slash D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Join up today and get your ad-free feed now. Is it is safe or, or go away or run away? <laughs> Uh, you're you you're good. You can you can come okay. up now. Um, we should, we should sort out calls Quinny, in the future. Quinny, can you roll me uh, an insight, please? Oh man, I rolled I rolled a two for my um, perception. I just rolled it again. Oh damn! Uh, insight. Yeah, that's a two. Cool. Um, the room's <laughs> warm. Wisdom. That's great. Yeah. Um, all right, so Juniper, you uh, wheel up to the uh, the building as well, and mm-hmm. uh, the two of you step into this this small entry foyer. Um, you can see a dusting of snow has has kind of blown in, but has melted, so there's kind of like a, just a pool of water uh, at the entrance. Um, Ryan, can you roll me an insight, please? And actually, Laura, you can as well. All right. All right what was wrong with my insight roll? It was great. No, it was fantastic. <laughs> it was just too much for me. <laughs> Nice. And I think Butthole, the moment he started entering, I will say this, I feel like channeling some of his avatar powers is where he's going to like be in touch with that energy. So he'll be guidancing himself for these sure. like searching and perception phases. Insight for the B-hole is... Oh, God. <laughs> it should be better. It's a 16. 16? All right. Including uh, guidance and I'm plus 10. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> um... Butthole and Juniper, um, you notice immediately as you step into this, A, the, the heat doesn't seem to be coming through. It just seems to be kind of present um, in the way that uh, modern heating works, where just the room itself seems warm. Um, like this castle's alive. But uh, you're, um, you both also notice uh, that as you step through, um, the sounds from outside are dampened. Uh, and you get the sense that there might be uh, sound dampening enchantments on this this room. Ah. It's like a regular castle to me, guys. I think it radiates normally and sound travels just the way you'd expect it to. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> yeah, Inside think- the room, you you just crystal clear, like no, no worries. <laughs> but it's it's got a bit of that like hollow, uh, if you've ever had like noise canceling headphones on or anything, where it's just that like kind of hollow white noise bouncing back at you. But yeah. yeah. I think Butthole will take off his giant warm cloak now that it's like hot inside and be like, does anybody else want to take off their really warm, fluffy gear? Yeah. Uh, for Quinny, it's just a, an easy matter of like taking out the liners and putting them in pockets and just take off his Ashanka. I just stuff my so cloak in the pack yeah. uh, on my back. Yeah. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> let's put his hat into the, ho- the bag of holding he was holding up and put it in his tummy, embarrassed that, that he forgot it. No, everyone else has their own fucking bags. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so uh, before you are massive set of double doors that are closed, um, they are um, uh, very well detailed with with kind of um, just some some sort of classic images of uh, you know um, the history of Faerun, just you know 
gods and and the, the sort of stuff you'd find in like a pastoral um, set of paintings, where it's just like fawns and you know all that jazz. Uh, it looks very expensive and also somewhat out of place, um, like it was imported. Um, is there a, a hearth or fireplace here as well? Like, can Quinny see there where the not. warmth is coming from? No. Is there a light source in here or is it dark? Um, it is, uh, this room has a, um, a, chand- a small chandelier, um, mm-hmm. sort of in the center of it, uh, that is, is glowing with kind of vaguely ethereal light. Um, so it's clearly sort of an enchanted right. thing. Um, Quinny, from your experience of, of robbing noble folks, like this, this stuff is all kind of what you'd expect from a, a fancy, a fancy wizard fuckers house. Um, so, you know, there's clearly uh, a heat enchantment on this room. The sound dampening makes sense from kind of a, you know, you're taking off all your gear, hanging it up. Like there's a cloakroom off the side as you get further in behind mm-hmm. the armor. Um, and uh, yeah, the magical light just kind of makes, makes sense to you as a, as a sort of lasting enchantment that would only need to be refreshed every so often and are there stairs leading up to the higher floors of the castle here or is it just the double doors so really? there's just the double doors um you can tell that this is uh essentially the lobby um yeah, okay. there is uh if you were to venture a guess the actual keep is kind of beyond uh beyond the, the massive double doors um actually i'm sorry I, uh, uh, there are two staircases um behind again smaller doors at sort of the corners of the room um you can uh or I'm sorry, the, Jesus. So there's um, curved staircases up to the second floor uh, with similar doors to the ones that you're seeing directly in front of you um, that are closed and locked. So think basically like a Resident Evil mansion okay. lobby. Um, so you can access the second floor. All doors are currently closed. Uh, but yeah, massive double doors to lead to the main thing. Um, based on, I mean, you guys haven't been to that many castles over the course of your adventures, but I guess like mansions, really. I mean, uh, butthole. You would probably know this it. from a car. Um, the odds of of uh, of a keep of this size, um, if you were to venture a guess, the room beyond these doors is likely sort of the big central hall. Um, so where you would have feasts or dances, or uh, if there's a throne, if it was like a king, you would likely come here to petition uh, the king. If we're thinking Game of Thrones terms, this would be where the Iron Throne lives. So one of those like massive oh. rooms that can serve multiple purposes. Um, Venturing a guess off of that, the stairs likely lead to the, um, there's usually like a second floor um, balcony, um, usually with sort of observation booths, but also where nobles who aren't necessarily participating or who are lower down can kind of like hang out and feel important while not actually being being there. Um, but yes, it the, the sense you get is that this is where you would be greeted, where servants would come and take your stuff, um, get you all set up, and then you'd be announced and allowed to to enter. But Tom, um, with the, it's smaller, smaller room than than the one beyond. With the front like gates being like forced open, is there any sign in here of like any other doors being having? Uh, there's no recently? sign of forced entry on these doors. Um, hmm. They are they're closed. They have big sort of heavy metal um, uh, like knockers that you can use to open and close them. Uh, but no, th- these doors and the upper floor doors do not seem to have been forced. Um, you can investigate further if you'd like to. Just like. Look! Look at both Quinny and Butthole. Like, pick a door. Well, yes, but we found the castle, guys. This is great. Uh, honestly, better than I thought we would do at this point. Uh, we found the castle that people have been searching for and unable to find for what sounds like years. Yeah, what how we did to do we now find is, it? Well, because I mean, 
we followed the trail of trolls, which was my second point, is that now we need to clear this place out of any and all hostels before we, the people from the camp can move in here. Uh, Juniper, you're, you've got like a troll persona, right? Krull, Krug, something like that? Crunch. Hostel. Crunch. Crunch. Uh, does Crunch have any kind of information on troll behavior or weaknesses or why trolls would be in a magical castle? I mean, Crunch kind of likes to fight and protect. Okay. Mainly protect. I mean, Crunch Crunch protects me. That's that's kind of her primary okay. function. Okay, so we could them. have evil trolls or we could just have territorial trolls. But either way, yeah. they're in here. Clearly, they don't break everything, though they broke down the front. Uh, we can continue into the big room. Or we could search for some kind of service entrance because I guarantee you there's like a coat room and somewhere where they can take you to like if you're going to stay in here that doesn't require you to walk past the throne. But this might not be the angle. Do we want to go big or do we want to try to sneak? I mean, I think you know my vote. I'd like to sneak. All right. Should we see if we could find some sneaky sneaky doors if they're around? They might not be. I don't know this place. This is a weird country. Yeah, I'd say sneak. Just just, I mean, knowing how I am as crunch, uh, I'm, I think large, large actions that are uh, obvious and confident might uh, elicit a hostile response. Good to know. All right. All right. Then everybody poke walls and I don't know, smell things and see if you can find a weird airflow. There might not be anything, but there might be sneaky doors. Well, Quinny will also just try one of the smaller side doors instead of the grand lobby door as well. Yeah. So the side door leads to um, a coat room. Um, that is, uh, there are a lot of robes and sort of, uh, uh, clothes for, for, you know, winter, uh, like jackets, mm-hmm. uh, coats. Um, that said, uh, you notice that, um, there are only, um, three, uh, hanging up in here, uh, and they all seem to be roughly the same size. Um, there are some boxes with, um, you know, hats and mitts, um, you actually find a box of coats um, that are kind of uh, generic. They look um, of a similar material to the trading post. Uh, so they could conceivably have been picked up there. But in terms of what's hanging up, there are only three three coats of, of sort of different thickness, uh, all of, of the same size hanging in this otherwise very massive room. There's a lot of empty hangers and hooks. Hey, does, uh, does anyone remember the story of this castle and what ultimately happened to Duke Fane? He's not. Uh, he's not here anymore, right? Duke Fane came here, and then he built a castle. That's the whole story. We. He's probably still here. Great. Or he's okay. desiccated and died. He could have been like a million. I don't know. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, he's a necromancer, so I'm not going to bet on that. Uh, okay. Coats here, all for the same person from the looks of it. All the same size. Um, what's over on that door? I gesture across the room. Uh, all right. Um, so checking the other door, um, it does open up into um, what uh, what seems to be kind of a servant's room. Like there's, it, if you think about like a hotel lobby, it's got like a bunch of cubbies with sort of paper and, and other things. Um, but it seems uh, incredibly understocked. Um, Quinny, I think you would know this from mansions and things you've, you've robbed. Um, you're very familiar with this kind of space. Um, and it is kind of what Butthole indicated, but um, it doesn't seem to be uh, well-stocked or or well-appointed at all. This seems like it would be an incredibly shitty, like, you wouldn't be able to do the function that this room is supposed to do if you were a servant in it today. 
Okay. Want to roll me an investigation? Sure. Um, can I also, uh, just for you, the wise and powerful DM to know, um, I'd, I'd like to activate my eye of true sight under my eye patch, okay. uh, which grants me a couple of abilities. Uh, I can see uh, in normal and magical darkness. I can see invisible creatures and objects. I can automatically detect visual illusions and succeed on saving throws against them. And I can perceive the original forms of a shape changer um, or a creature that is transformed by magic. Okay. Um, I can also see into the ethereal plane. Great. Um, So you flip up your eye patch and um, scan the room. Um, There is a door. sort of in the corner um, that uh, to Butthole's point probably leads kind of uh, sort of a servant's entrance. Um, but looking around the room, you don't see traces of anything. There doesn't seem to be any magical um, source here other than uh, you can see now that you're, you're looking um, glyphs that have been carved into the walls that are likely uh, what's providing the heat. Okay. Um, but uh, no, this, this room feels very, uh, even with true sight feels very empty and disused. Okay. Uh, my investigation is 16. If that, contributes to anything sure um so you go uh you go to the the extra door uh, mm-hmm. looking around again it doesn't it also doesn't seem like this room has been looted it seems like it was never stocked uh is what you get from your your 16 right. okay um when you open the servant's entrance um door uh you actually find a brick wall Ooh. uh it seems to be made of the same stone as as everywhere else um but uh it uh, it seems like a false door uh, looks like some of these passageways have been bricked up. Um, I think our only option is to go through the double doors. Do you want to investigate the bricks or do you want to? Oh yeah, it? sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably give them like a, you know, a little knock, knock kind yeah. of thing on the bricks. <laughs> uh, there is no hollow echo. Uh, it is, uh, it is a, a thick sound, um, which would indicate to you that it's not a bricked up passage. It might actually legitimately be a wall. Oh, it's a false door. This door never went anywhere. Well, I guess just for symmetry or something. Oh, maybe, this boats, this boats maybe. poorly. This feels like a funnel. This feels like what you do if you thought a bunch of people yeah. were going to come murder you in a castle because you were paranoid as you'd set it up to look like a castle, but it's really just walking you into one big room where everyone can shoot you. So do you want to go first then? or? <laughs> Well, I'm not sneaky, so I'm thinking you might got to sneak, but then I can heal you, so I'll stay close. All right, let me take a look at this door, and I'd like to uh, check to see if the door's locked to begin with. The the double doors? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they are not. Um, you you kind of, like, quietly edge the, the knocker up and, and try it. Um, the doors don't seem locked. Uh, you get the sense that the door that's been bashed in and the gate are likely the the big spooky locked doors. Um, as soon as you, you kind of edge it slightly, uh, you feel, um, a, a frosty breeze, uh, come through. Um, and as soon as you crack the door, uh, you can hear, uh, the sounds of battle. It's cold in there and someone's fighting. Okay. Gotta yeah. get dressed again. Uh, and he pulls out his bag and he puts on his fucking cloak and he's all God. surly about it. Yeah. When he puts his two, hat it's back like, on. Well, so, well, I mean. So we can move everyone into an entrance way. I, they, uh, it might be because the trolls make cold. I don't know if they're teamed up with those frost things we had to fight. Like, we, there's still a lot of questions yeah. here. But 
back burner. Let's deal with what's in this room. Yeah. So remember, we we don't know if the trolls are evil or not yet. They might just hate Duke Fane and he might be a dickhead. So we kind of have to play this by ear. Don't murder right away unless it seems like they're evil. All right. We're giving up the element of surprise there if we're waiting. No, no, no. You go sneak. Go, go oh, sneak. All right. You're giving up the element of surprise. <laughs> and I'm going to wait here while you scout. <laughs> I, and I'm, I'm going to take the opportunity to uh, uh, transform into Crunch. Okay, so you're using your sort of daily um, full transformation. I should also point out, we didn't cover this in Old West. Um, You're also certainly welcome to transform in the combat wheelchair and just continue to operate with the chair. It's just if you want want to take on the full persona, since the, the chair will be a rather identifying object you've got kind of the once a day vaguely painful vaguely exhausting full body polymorph transformation or you can just transform within the chair and continue to to use your mobility device oh i like that um yeah yeah i'll just be i'll be crunch great i'll be crunch in in, oh i'll be crunch no eh, i'll be crunch in the chair (laughs) yeah sounds good yeah um yeah, just because like the the full body transformation is like a sheer act of will and is very unpleasant. Yeah. So like use it for emergencies, but like it's not a, a usual like oh yeah, just going for a stroll. It's like no, yeah. that that's agony. Um, great. So um, you transform um, and uh, you actually hear uh, Old West Moss kind of sigh in your head with uh, with pleasure and just be like, honestly, I've missed this. Uh, as uh, as your your body uh, becomes uh, crunch. Um, as soon as you do, Crunch, you look down uh, at the chair and um, you kind of have a thought both as Moss and Crunch that it'd be really nice if you could figure out um, a way to have the chair reflect the persona you're uh, you're embodying at any given time. So you just kind of file that away as like a next time we find an enchanter, yeah. it would be dope because like as a big collector of action figures, you know I want like a Crunch specific chair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you just kind of mark that as, as a thing you want. Uh, it opens up in your side quest log for later. <laughs> um, and then Quinny, uh, you're opening the door? Yep. Um, and you're trying to like sneak in, right? So is this like an open slip in close? What, yes. What's the, yeah. yeah. Amazing. So um, you um, uh, creak the door open. Um, and uh, as you do, uh, there's a gust of, of frosty wind, uh, which blows the doors wide. Um, and you you dive into a snowbank um, as uh, as the, the the doors open up into a large room that almost seems like um, it's like you broke a seal. Uh, you know, if you've like closed a as someone who lives in a very windy place, uh, you open a door, it's just like bam. Hmm. Um, you see before you uh, a massive hall, the light of the sun streaking through uh, sort of a, a gap, a series of gaps in the ceiling. Um, massive two-story room uh, with sort of an upper balcony level. Um, there is a, a throne at the far end of the room, uh, some knocked over tables, snow banks uh, from where the, the outside has intruded. Uh, but none of that concerns you as much as uh, the uh, young white dragon wormling uh, that is currently uh, in the midst of a uh, an all-out brawl um, with a troll and a couple of uh, Duragar hammerers, uh, all of which are screaming battle cries uh, and uh, and engaging in combat with this creature. Um, you can you roll me a stealth, Tom? What's a Duragar hammerer? Uh, a Duragar hammerer. Um, they appear to be um, Duragar who you you've encountered before. They're kind of like um, 
uh, almost like deep gnomes. Um, mm. So kind of a like a gray skin, uh, sharp features. Um, and uh, this one seems to be in uh, a metallic uh, suit of armor uh, with a sort of a clawed hand and a, a hammered hand. Uh, so think like basically battle armor gnomes. Um, and uh, they, uh, the two of them are are like you know like darting in and attacking the the wormling, uh, which is a young dragon. So like you know fairly small still. It's whipping out with its tail. Um, and there's a uh, a troll who seems to be like pointing and yelling orders. Uh, Quiddy, what did you roll? Not twenty. Amazing. You just immediately like doors swing open. There's just that oh fuck moment. Um, and you dive uh, dive into the snowbank. Um. Just as uh, you uh, hear the uh, the trolls say, "Kill them, kill them all, and then we'll wear their skin." Okay, the trolls are the bad guys. Fuck the trolls. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at El Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire on Friendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hi folks. Let me see if I can sum up Midnight Burger in about 25 seconds. Really, big monster? Zero irony. Pardon me, Gloria. Might my husband and I have a word? The radio is talking to me. So this is how it ends. Eaten by wolves in space. There's a pocket dimension in the deep freeze. This is the stupidest dystopia we've ever been to. What the hell is that? Because you're having a cigarette? In 415 million BC? Where are we? Space? Can you narrow that down? The bad part? Ava. Yeah, that didn't work at all. At the nexus of all things, there is a diner. Look for Midnight Burger on your favorite podcasting app or just go to weopenat6.com.